0: If that doesn't move you, you need to put two fingers right here and check your pulse. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn to Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. What a victorious day. Amen? The blood of Jesus Christ. How powerful. The pain, the agony He took. Now, I talked a little bit about that on Friday night, but how can you not talk about it on Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. Luke 24, 1-8. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it, and it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. They were angels, by the way. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but He is risen. Remember how He spoke to you when He was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words. My goodness. That shows you how quickly we can forget the good news when you're in a terrible situation of your life. Amen? The angels had to say, do you remember what Jesus said? Amen? So as today, we are celebrating the most triumphant and victorious day in the history of mankind, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And i got to say it again, this is not some fairy tale. This is not some fable. This literally happened. He is alive and well, Amen? amen? He is not on that cross anymore. If there's one thing that Satan and evil spirits want to keep the unbeliever blinded from is the reality of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection separates Christianity from all other false religions. Everybody else is still in that tomb rotting away. Their bones are still in there. But Jesus Christ is alive and well. Amen? There is no... By the way, I wanted to show that as well because the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said there is no resurrection without death first. Yeah. Jesus had to go through that. There had to be a death for there to be a resurrection. How many of you heard of the Shroud of Turin? Yeah. All right, so that is some people say that is the covering the grave cloth that covered Jesus in the tomb all right and and there's some really good evidence that it could be uh you know it's like there's there's the imprint of his body and face on that that shroud and it said uh that What people believe is that when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, upon his body in that tomb, that the power was so great, it was like an electricity current, so great, it left an imprint on that shroud. Think about that. And you, if you're a Christian, you have the same Holy Ghost living in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Here's the deal. The resurrection, it's great that Jesus suffered. And He died. But the resurrection is so important. The resurrection guarantees our eternal life. We are justified by the resurrection. Go to Romans chapter 4 with me. Romans chapter 4. Many Christians want to keep Jesus in the tomb, but the true victory is the resurrection from the dead. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 through 25. Now, it it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, in Jesus, who raised up Jesus from the dead, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. In other words, justification means this. That when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it says you are justified. Know what that means? Just as if you never sinned. When you come to him, your whole past is washed away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God says, if there is no uh, resurrection from the dead, we are of the men most miserable because we have no hope of eternal life. So, we as Christians, we need to realize that we have victory through the risen Christ. Thank God He's not in that tomb anymore. Amen? But before we can appreciate that victory that He purchased for us, we need to fully comprehend and understand the suffering that He went through. How many of you, when you watched that video, it gripped your heart? Can you imagine? Parents, could you send your child to go through that? Think about that. Matthew 26 through 27 gives us a detailed description of the suffering that Jesus endured. He was betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. He suffered an agonizing night in the Garden of Gethsemane. He watched one of his most loyal and beloved disciples betray him, deny him three times. He faced the Sanhedrin where the chief priests and elders rejected his testimony of who he was. He was the spotless lamb of God. He was absolutely innocent. He did nothing wrong. The people, listen. Now, if this doesn't describe our culture right now where we're at. Listen, the people chose to have a murderer released instead of Jesus. Does that not describe what's going on in our culture right now? He endured the crucifixion and the nailing to the cross. And the greatest price he probably paid was this. Are you ready for this? That his heavenly father turned his eyes away so the sin of the whole world could be upon Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? The burden, the heaviness of it all, the sin, every sin that you have ever committed was upon Jesus. Do you understand that? The sickness, disease, infirmity that tries to attack your body. It's interesting. It says, by Jesus' stripes we are healed. What does sickness, disease, and infirmity attack? Your body. So when those stripes were pulling that skin off, it was guaranteeing your healing. Think about that. That's why you need to have faith in what He did. Believe what He did for you. Amen? God the Father had to turn His own head. From his own son. The sin of the whole world was upon Jesus. The book of Isaiah gives us a vivid account of that suffering that Jesus would go through for the sin of mankind. Look at Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53. I think a lot of times the gospel message has just become routine, we've heard it so much. You kind of are desensitized to it. But this is a time when we really need to remember. Yes. We, really, we I mean, we need to keep it in our thought life daily, on a daily basis. Amen? Yes. Amen? Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. As I mentioned on Friday, that literally means he carried our sicknesses, our diseases upon himself. Yet we, did, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace or the price for the peace that you have in your heart today, Christians, that chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed; all we as sheep have gone astray; we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth you know. We got it. a lot of times we watch that and stuff. We we do we feel bad for Jesus, but you know what? That was the purpose of why He came. Amen. That's the purpose. He came to be that spotless and sinless Lamb. Amen? Amen. I am so thankful. As I said Friday, I'm so thankful that Jesus kept His mouth shut because He He could have said, "Father, send a million angels right now to deliver me from this," and we would have been doomed. In, in hell, in the lake of fire for eternity. Jesus could have changed his mind in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was just as human as we were. He felt pain. He felt anguish of soul. He felt it all. Go to Matthew 26. I think a lot of times we forget that. We think, yeah, that was Jesus, right? He was the God-man. Well, he still felt everything. He felt every time that that cat of nine tails ripped a piece of skin off of him. He felt the pain of being betrayed. Come on, somebody. Matthew twenty six thirty six. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there and he took him with Peter and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed rightfully so he knew what was coming amen the cross then he said to them my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death stay here and watch with me he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed oh my father if it is possible Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit is indeed willing, but your flesh is weak. Again, the second time he went away and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away, and prayed a third time, saying the same words. That one word that Jesus spoke has absolute power in it. You want to know what it is? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Say, nevertheless. In your life as a Christian, when you are in the Garden of Gethsemane moment of your life, I pray that the word nevertheless comes out of your mouth. Because that's where the power is at. That is where you start to flip the script on the devil in your life. When you say nevertheless. See, the devil's counting that you're going to go the way of your will. But no, no, no. You need to say nevertheless. Amen? Amen? Never stray from the will of God for your life. Be a doer of the Word of God, no matter the cost. If God is in it, it will always lead to victory in your life. Amen? Even if it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. The Word of God says in Romans 12 that we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable uh, service. Now, thank God Jesus... He was the sacrifice that had to die. God is saying, you be a living sacrifice. In other words, give your whole life to me. Lay down your will and just live for me, because that's the best way. Amen? See, God's not a control freak. He knows that His way is the best way. He wants you to walk in the blessing that Jesus purchased for you on the cross. Amen? Whatever God is asking of you today, it is very small in comparison to the sacrifice on the death of the cross. Amen? Amen. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice means God uses us to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus' reward is? When someone taps into what he purchased for us. That's the reward. Can you think of how sad Jesus is when someone dies and goes to hell in the lake of fire for eternity? He said the provision was there the whole time. I did it for... But His reward is when someone gets saved. That's why the angels rejoice in heaven when someone gets born again. Jesus' reward when you trust Him for your healing. And come on, somebody. Mm, Lazarus, when Lazarus came out of the grave... The glory was not in the sickness of Lazarus. It was in the raising up of him. Think about that. Come on, somebody. As a Christian, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So settle it in your heart today to be a vessel that God can use you to shake the nations of the earth with the good news. Amen? Shake your world. You might not be a missionary going around the world, but you know what? Shake your world where you are, everywhere you go. Shake it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. There uh, There is one thing that cannot be disputed when reading the gospels. Jesus knew his purpose. He knew what his mission was on this hell bent earth. Go to John chapter 1, 29. He knew it. You ever watch some of these specials on these secular channels like the History Channel? You know, they always say, Oh, Jesus had an identity problem. Uh, You know, he didn't know why he was here. Give me a break. He knew exactly who he was. That's just stinking Hollywood telling you that. Are you following me, somebody? Jesus did not have an identity crisis. Look at John one twenty nine, And it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin problem, listen to this, the sin problem on this earth has been dealt with on a universal scale. The provision has been made. The people who are on this earth right now who are not born again, you who are in this this service, you have not made Jesus Lord of your life. Your sin has been paid for, but guess what? It does you no good until you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The provision has been made, in fact. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Faith is the key that unlocks your salvation. Say faith. faith. Some people teach, well, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, so everyone's going to heaven. Wrong. Wrong. In fact, Jesus spoke a lot about hell. It's a real place. It is not made up. Hell is real. Are you hearing me, somebody? The thing is, it was made for the devil and his angels, not for you. But if you want to pay for the price of your own sin and not accept what Jesus did, then your price is hell and the lake of fire for eternity. Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest offers, uh, enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have to have suffered often since the foundation of the world. But now, once, say once, once, at the end of the ages, he, Jesus, has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As it is appointed for men to die once. Guess what? All of you have an appointment for death one day. But after this, the judgment. So guess what? There is no purgatory. Nobody's going to pray you out of hell. No one's going to pray you out of the waiting room between... There is no waiting room. The moment you take your last breath, it's either heaven or hell. And it depends on what you have done with Jesus Christ. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly, eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time. Oh yeah, He's coming back. Amen. Apart from sin for salvation. Jesus is what He's called our mediator. He is our go-between. He is our lawyer. He is our advocate. He is pleading our case before God the Father in heaven. He presented His blood and poured it over the mercy seat of heaven. Are you hearing me, somebody? The tabernacle and all the things that you read about in the Old Testament, it says those were a shadow of heavenly things. Those things are in heaven. Are you hearing me, somebody? His blood has been presented and poured out. All right. The evidence that that we have been made righteous by faith in Him is His own shed blood. You know what's interesting is this. Once you come to Jesus Christ... Once you come to him, the word of God says, be holy for I am holy. God expects us to live holy once you make Jesus Lord of your life. You hear me? But then it says in 1 John, it says, if you sin. It says, if you sin, we have an advocate, right? Confess your faults one, two, or, or confess your sin. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin. Here's what I want to point out. We are to sin, listen, we are to sin so little that we are to know when we sin and what to confess. Amen. Oh, you didn't hear me. It says, if you sin. So so this greasy grace stuff that you can be in Christ and still go live like the devil is hogwash. And we are supposed to, listen, we are supposed to sin. It, it should be so rare to us that our conscience is so sharp that if we mess up, Listen to me. (laughs) See, that's why backslidden Christianity is such a dangerous road. Because you get entangled in sin so much, you can't even remember all of them. Are you following me, somebody? Oh, I'm talking to someone in here today. Oh, it's getting mighty quiet in this little church. See. See. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us in heaven. His work through his death, burial, and resurrection is complete. Nothing was left unfinished. Jesus said, it is finished. His part was done. Amen? Amen? Satan does not want people to get a revelation of that truth. Some religions, like I said, they want to keep Jesus on the cross. But he is alive and well and sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Amen? Jesus is not going to come back down to this earth and get back on the cross. It said he was offered once. He was such a perfect and spotless sacrifice, he only had to do it one time. Say one one time. Jesus has now put the ball in your court. His part is complete. The provision has been made. Will you receive him as your Lord and Savior? And backslidden Christians, will you come back to your first love today? Many have received Him. Many are so welcome to receive Him as Savior, but not Lord. Oh, I'll call Him Savior, but He's not my master. Come on, somebody. Christians, will you take advantage of what he did? And will you do what the Bible says, grow in grace? We are in grace right now. This is a period of grace that we are in. You understand that? And it says while you're in that unmerited favor, are you going to grow? Are you going to take advantage? Or are you just going to get caught up in the junk of this world and let days slip away and all of a sudden you're on your deathbed now and you're telling your family, I should have been more committed to Jesus. Think about it right now. We are all going to have a deathbed experience one day. Do you understand me? We are going to have a deathbed experience. And, and listen, I've never heard anybody say on their deathbed, oh, I should have worked more overtime and made more money. No, oh, I should have bought that motorcycle. Oh, I should have. Anybody, anybody I ever heard talk about their deathbed experience was always this. I should have been more serious in my spiritual life and walk with the Lord. And along with that, I should have spent more time with my family. Are you hearing me, somebody? Come on, this is a wake-up call. Come on, come on. Are you hearing me? Will you truly be his ambassador and disciple on this earth? Will you be partakers of of the divine nature and promises that he shed his blood to give you? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Say deathbed. deathbed. I'm telling you, you need to think about it right now. The devil does not want you to think about your mortality. He does not want you to think about your more... He wants to keep... He, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that Satan blinds the minds or the thought life of those who are perishing. He wants to keep you so busy with life, with work, with all the pleasures of this hell-bent world that you will never come to Jesus Christ. You understand me? 2 Corinthians 5 20 through 20. Today's a good day. Today is a good day to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Today's a good day to say, I'm going to change. I'm making changes in my life. Look at this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin, Jesus Christ to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. We as Christians have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Everywhere you go, you need to start telling people about Jesus. Everywhere you go. What we're trying to do is we're trying to bring that one that's not in Christ. And here's God here. And we're saying, we want to introduce you to your Creator. We want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's bringing them together. Reconciliation. Say reconciliation. Can you feel the heartbeat of God toward the unsaved and the backslidden today? He knows your days are numbered. This is a call of desperation today. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You could drop dead right now. Do you understand that? Teenagers, you are not infallible. Come on, somebody. You could drop dead right now and your eternity is sealed. Your destination is sealed. Don't be lost for eternity. It's so needless. The provision for eternal life has been made available for you. Jesus Christ, the Word of God says, is the only door of salvation. He's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is nothing more joyful on this earth than to know that you are a child of God. There is no greater joy to know that the blessing of God is upon your life. There is no greater joy than to know that enmity you once had toward God. You know, when you were saying GD? When you were saying JC, blaspheming Him? That enmity, that enmity gets torn away when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? So today, on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, I invite you and compel you to put your faith in Him before it's too late. The Holy Spirit right now is drawing you. He's giving you an invitation from the Master, your Creator, the Creator of the entire universe, saying to come back. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You will never be able to get to Judgment Day and say, Pastor James never told me about Jesus. He never gave me a chance in His service. Are you following me? There will always be a chance. Wherever I'm preaching, there's always an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen? Therefore, we also Since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us or holds us back and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's the thing. You ready for this? Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He kept his eyes on the finish line. That is one of the keys of victory in this life for you, is keeping your eyes on Jesus and always maintaining an eternal perspective. If there's something in your life right now that's taking your peace away and it has nothing to do with eternity you're dwelling too long on it. Are you following me? Do you really want to know what Jesus was thinking about? Do you want to know that joy that He was looking at? You and I. We were the joy that was set before Him. It wasn't nails that kept Him on that cross. It was His love for you. But so often, we go in life, we forget about Him, we spit on the cross. We forget about what he did. We don't tell others about what he did. And Jesus says, my reward is when you tell others about it. My reward is when you take advantage of all the promises that I died to give you and rose from the dead to give you. So it was the love of God on the inside of Jesus that motivated him to to say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours, Lord, be done in the garden of Gethsemane. Here's the deal. Listen to this. Ooh, the Holy Spirit spoke this very clear to me. Are you ready for this? He said, if you want to get back to the Garden of Eden, you must first pass the test of the Garden of Gethsemane. If you want to get back to that relationship that they had in the Garden of Eden, you've got to pass the test of the Garden of Gethsemane where you say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Someone here, someone here, you're in that Garden of Gethsemane right now. And you're, you're, you're weighing, I just feel it by the Holy Ghost right now, you're weighing a whole bunch of things out in your head. All week you've been weighing things out. This is your garden of Gethsemane. What are you going to do? Are you going to stand up and walk away from the will of God for your life? Or are you going to say, nevertheless, it would be easier to go my way, but nevertheless, God, I'm going to do it your way. Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. This also reveals to us, listen to this, that Jesus takes joy not only in our sins being washed away, but he takes joy and pleasure in seeing people healed, as I said earlier. Receiving healings, receiving miracles, signs, wonders, seeing the captives set free. Jesus takes joy in that. It's dead religion that wants to keep you in bondage still. Are you following me? Remember that demoniac at the tombs? He came running and he was naked, barking like a dog. Jesus set him free. But guess what the people of the city did? They said, Jesus, get out of our town. I guess I guess they would rather see a naked man barking like a dog. That's what dead religion wants to do. But relationship, relationship, Jesus takes pleasure in setting you free. You just got to come to him. You're, you're, you are where you're at right now because you're trying to do things on your own. Plain and simple. Amen? Oh, that, that, that really hit a, uh, a chord there. Let me drop a pin. Man, that pin was loud. Woo! See, nobody wants to take responsibility for their own life. They always want to blame someone else. You have a free will. In fact, your free will is greater than the power of the devil. You understand that? Your free will is more powerful than the devil. If you want to stay in bondage, that's your choice. If you want to get out, that's your choice. Are you following me, somebody? So receive a revelation today of who Jesus really is, according to the Word of God. Not dead religion. Respond to the love of Jesus today. Amen? Allow Him to heal your body, soul, and broken spirit. Now, as a Christian, through Jesus Christ, we have been delivered from Satan's kingdom. You understand that? Legally speaking, we have been delivered from Satan's kingdom. Spiritual death, or you know what spiritual death is? That means there's a separation from God. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. All you visitors today, listen to me. Come on back. Because a lot of the good stuff happens between Easter and Christmas. Come on, somebody. Are you following me? Don't just come to one or two of them. All the good stuff happens really in between. Amen? Why? Because God rewards you for saying, you know what? I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want more of God. I want more. And He will reward you. Amen? Amen. Colossians 1 13 through 14. He has delivered us from the power or that literally means authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son of his uh, son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We are redeemed or bought back through Jesus Christ because of sins being washed away. You understand that? Sins are washed away, therefore we're brought back. See, God is a holy God. He, he, God will, cannot, it's impossible for God to bless sin. You understand that, right? All right. Now, go with me to verse 20 through 23. Is anybody squirming in here this morning? Okay, okay. Good. Listen. <laughs> Listen. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Why do you want to live a life with a lack of peace? When you can have perfect peace, just come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Amen? And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind or thought life by, the, by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled, brought back in the body of his flesh through his death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed, oh, look at this. Oh, there's more. Look, look at this. If indeed you continue in the faith. See, a lot of people just stop before that. you got to continue in the faith. Say Continue. Grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. I think a lot of Christians forget about that one. That's why a lot of Christians, they wander away from their first love. But you got to continue. Say continue. Stay steadfast in the faith. Amen. As a Christian, we have legally been delivered from Satan's power or authority. An unbeliever, if there's any unbelievers in here today, guess what? Let me give you a little something here. You're a child of the devil. It's rough, it's tight, but it's right. That's what the Word says. It says you're, you're literally a child of the devil. Unbelievers, listen to this reality. You are a punching bag for Satan and evil spirits because that's your daddy. Come on, somebody. You are under Satan's authority, legally speaking, and on your way to hell in the lake of fire for eternity without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is the fact, due to the fact that you are a sinner, you still have, here's what it is, that sin nature in your spirit, man. You have, say, sin nature. See, when a person makes uh, Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that sin nature in their spirit man is washed away. That's called, here's a big word, you ready? Regeneration. Or another, also known as being born again. Say born born again. Now, did I say a Christian never sins? No, I didn't say that. But, as I said before, it shouldn't come as easy. Because you're bent toward God and not toward sin. Because you have a new nature. Are you following me? Again, is it possible to live a holy life on this earth? Yes. Or else God wouldn't command it in the New Testament. Are you following me? And, he, and so he didn't just say, yeah, you got to go start to live right. No, he went a step beyond that. He puts the Holy Spirit on in the inside of you to strengthen you to be a Christian. And to do the right thing. Now, the Christian soul or mind needs to be renewed. You need to renew your mind according to Romans chapter 12. And that's our responsible to do that. You know, a lot of times in, in songs we sing, I think we sang one today, where it says, you know, Jesus saved my soul. No, he saved your spirit. You've got to renew your soul with the word of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? That's why you can't make theology out of music. Are you following me, somebody? You make theology out of this book right here, Amen. Amen. So that's why there are so many backslidden carnal Christians on this earth because their mind is full of the world's trash and not the Word of God. They're meditating on trash, so they get spiritually constipated. Are you following me? They're they're eating too much junk right? You got to eat some good stuff to keep the flow. Are you following me? The good stuff is the word of God. Yeah, I said it. So do you want real peace or forgiveness with God in your life? You won't find it in dead religion. You won't find it in the traditions of men. You won't find it in this stinking world. You will only find it through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did. Amen? Only the blood of Jesus is strong enough to wash your sins away and make you whiter than snow and righteous before God. There is no greater feeling. Amen? Amen. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, there is a divine shift. Say shift. Oh, I love that. There is a divine shift. There is a shift of that address change, right? You become a citizen of heaven. Even on earth, think about that. You become a citizen of heaven while you're on earth. You get some dual citizenship. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I don't know how much the United States citizenship is worth right now with this administration. But are you following me? Now that needs a shift. Amen? 2024. Trump. Okay? Listen. So legally... This has been accomplished. Now, that's my personal opinion, right? All right. Legally, this has been accomplished, all right? The promises of God become yours. You now must fight the good fight of faith, all right? That means you got to stand on it. you got to claim it. you got to fight for it with faith. Say faith. I think we complicate things too much. It's simply just trusting Him. You read something in the word of God, and you say, I believe that. I believe it. I receive it. Amen. And you stand on it until it manifests in your life. That's it. Even before you see it happen in the natural. Amen? Now go to Second Timothy chapter one. I'm getting close to closing here. Oh come on, someone just said good. I just heard that in the spirit. You I'm gonna let you have it. Oh, I'm going to let you have it. If I see you once or twice a year in our services, I'm going to let you have it today. Now, (laughs) Now, 2 Timothy 1, 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Now, here's what this is saying. All right, so you get saved. You don't, you can't get saved by your works. You can before faith in Christ. You can do all the good works you want, but you're not saved until you put your faith in Christ. The moment you put your faith in Christ, now you're expected to obey the word of God. Are you following me? But before you put faith in Christ, you can do all the good works you want, and it doesn't mean a hill of beans. Amen. Amen. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has, listen, abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Jesus has abolished spiritual death In other words, He broke that middle wall of partition and brought you and your heavenly Father back together. Amen? And He brought life and immortality. Say immortality. We as Christians should be living on a higher plane than the world, than a child of the devil. Can I get an amen on that? We should be living better than a child of the devil. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. As a Christian, we can boldly say, Oh, death, where is your sting? Physical death for the Christian is merely a transition of our spirit man stepping out of this earth suit and going to live with Jesus for eternity. Say transition. I like that word. If a loved one, that, uh, if you had a loved one that was a Christian that passed on before you, it is not a goodbye, but it's a, I'll see you later. Amen? Amen. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. It's a win-win situation. As long as I'm on this earth, I will say like the Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? Amen? I will not give in to the spirit of fear, but I'm going to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. I choose to yield to the Spirit of God on this earth for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? How do you know you're being led by the Holy Ghost? When you're bringing glory to Jesus. Because the Holy Ghost's job is to bring glory to Jesus, not you. In the face of persecution and danger, we can boldly say, Father God, you are my refuge. You are my strong uh, tower. You are my ever-present help in trouble. Amen? I want to close with one last passage. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 and I'm done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll close the books on another Resurrection Sunday. Ephesians 1, verse 15. Powerful passage here. There is so much gold in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Amen? It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. And what was the prayer? Here he goes on to say what he was praying for the saints. Ready? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You hear me pray that all the time in these services, don't you? That's a scriptural prayer. In other words, if Paul was praying it, we're going to get results if you start praying it. Start praying that. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of His glory in the inheritance in the saints. Man, He has an inheritance in you that you, you have no clue of right now. But He doesn't want it to stay a secret. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? Who believe? Who believe? Come on, somebody, you got to believe. Amen according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet. The last time I checked, you're a part of His body, believers, Christians. Right? That means the devil's under our feet too. Amen. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is expecting us to carry on with his ministry. This is the revelation the devil doesn't want you to get. Man, if you start believing and you start acting on it, you will begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders like you've never seen before. Come on, somebody. Paul's prayer was for Christians to get more revelation and wisdom in the knowledge of Jesus. Why? Because the more revelation you receive, the more uh, that you will experience the benefits of the gospel. In other words, no revelation, you're not going to experience it. That's why revelation is so powerful. How many in here, you you read a a promise in the Word of God and all of a sudden, man, it just like a light bulb went off, a revelation. You ever had that before? Did that increase your faith? Now you know why the enemy wants to stop revelation. That's why the enemy will give you every excuse not to sit down and read this book. Are you following me, somebody? Nothing is impossible to accomplish. Nothing is impossible to overcome. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen? So, as we close, the reward of Jesus' suffering... The reward of his suffering is for his body, the church, around the world to carry on with his ministry and to partake of the new covenant which he purchased with his own blood. To lead as many as we can to him and destroy, pull apart, dismantle Satan's kingdom everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Know this, true victory. And salvation is only found through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in His shed blood, and faith in the power of His resurrection. People, listen, Jesus Christ is alive and well today. And that is why we always have victory through the risen Christ. Let's stand up in this place. We always have victory through the risen Christ. Now, listen to me. I'm going to make this very simple. If there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, or you're backslidden right now, here's what I want to do. I want everyone to repeat this after me. If you want to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life right now, I want you to speak this and believe it in your heart. Are you following me? Are you ready? Everybody's going to pray this right now. God, God. I I am a sinner, but I believe. That Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He, of God. he shed His blood. He shed his blood took, stripes on his back. took stripes on His back. He died on the cross. On the cross. And, the and the Holy Spirit raised Him from the dead. Him from the dead. Three days later, Three days. Jesus, is alive. Jesus is alive. And it's that Jesus, it's that, Jesus that, I that I confess as Lord, as Lord of my life. Every part, Every part of my life. Right now. Right now. And, Heavenly Father, and Heavenly Father, You are my Father. You, my Father. you said, you, said you, would give you would give the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to, those to those who ask. And I ask You now, ask you now to, baptize to baptize me. Fill me with your, with your Holy Spirit. I want to walk in Your power. I want to, I want to advance the kingdom of God, everywhere I go. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for saving me, for baptizing me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. If you prayed that and you meant it with your whole heart, you are born again this morning. Think about that. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you need prayer for anything else. You need prayer for a healing or anything. Could I have the prayer team come on up here this morning? The altar call prayer team, come on up and just stand right up here in front. If you need prayer for anything else, our prayer team, man, these people are warriors, trust me. They know how to pull on heaven, amen? We want you to come forward. Visitors, thank you so much for coming today. Listen, I want to encourage everyone in here. Make a fresh commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. Start getting into the Word of God, and you will watch your life change for eternity. Amen? Amen. Everyone, God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week. Come on back in Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you all. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?